Hello and welcome to the Pod Pod Talkin', the Bombers on this team preview. Let's wait for the drop once more. There it is, Harmy. Your Bombers, mate. We're talking about them. Now they're going to win that premiership flag this year, Harmy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they will. Minimum, <laughs> minimum top four. Yeah, right, mate. All right, well, I can't wait to get into the Bombers. We're going to have to do it. I've got my AFL Fantasy Experts. We've got the full pod squad on deck, including Stato, five-time top 100 finisher. Harmy and Holmesy, both two-time top 10 finishers. And we've got the OGs of the pod pod here, yourself, Louie. And myself, Dossie, here. So we've got, uh, I'll go through the team numbers as we do with all of the teams that we've done on the team previews. This is the Essendon Bombers key stats from 2023. 11th on the ladder, but third for AFL fantasy scoring. They were certainly relevant for our fantasy teams. Fifth for disposals and kicks. Number one for kicking efficiency and second for marks. All stuff that we really like to see in our fantasy teams. Obviously, we don't care about the efficiencies, but uh, give us those juicy marks and kick stats. 12th for meters gained per disposal. So, obviously, opting for that short, safe option did the Bombers last year. Fourth for center clearances, which... Pretty surprised me a little bit, I will say, because they finish last for total clearances and last for stoppage clearances around the ground. So they could get it out of the center square, but just about nothing else around the ground, um, which probably holds true to what we saw. They, they were quite good bursting out of that center clearance, but yeah, not great around the ground. Third for uncontested possessions, Harmy, but they couldn't get their hands on the contested pill. 16th for contested possessions, only ahead of North and West Coast. So they love the outside ball, Harmy, but can they finally start winning a bit more of the hard stuff to get a few more Ws like you're hoping for this year? Yeah, I'm not really sure what's behind that, but um, they've obviously gone out in the free agency period and addressed it, brought in the best available ruck. Yep. Well, they've got the rucks and more uncontested players. So let's look at their trade period. Their ins, Xavier Dersma from Port Adelaide coming across. Jade Gresham coming over from the Saints as well there. Uh, Todd Goldstein, as you mentioned, the ruckman coming in. and ben Ruck of the White. decade. Ruck of the decade. In Just not this yet. decade, uh, and, unfortunately. <laughs> and Ben Mackay. Uh, coming across from North Melbourne. So they certainly got uh, busy in the trade period. Um, their notable outs, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, hanging up the boots. Andrew Phillips also retiring. Will Snelling delisted. Massimo D'Ambrosio uh, going to Hawthorne after not getting too much of a gig at the Dons. And then Brandon Zerk Thatcher as well going away to Port Adelaide. Stato, you're our buy round expert. They do not have the opening round buy, which is fantastic for us. They have the round 14 buy, though, so please discuss. Yeah, round 14 buy is a pretty good buy. There's not too many really fantasy-relevant teams in there. Melbourne, uh, Essendon, Geelong are probably, and maybe West Coast because of the rookies, but let's face it, by round 14, your rookies are going to be gone. So you're not going to be overloaded, um, so you can actually have a bit of a snap 
around 14 teams for for mid prices and rookies that may last to the buys because it's just a really good position you can flick to around uh, 12 teams which there's going to be some some quality of the round 12s um, and the couple around uh, 13 being Frio and uh, Port Adelaide so good buy to have round 14 so if you can find a good Essendon player um, certainly the the season up to the buys works well for them all right, let's look at their popular picks from the Dons. 10% plus ownership is what I'm going with here. There's only two players with 10% or plus ownership at the time of recording. One of them is Nate Caddy Holmesy, a $273,000 key forward. Uh, he's at 13% ownership, averaged 87 in the talent league, kicked three snags, can get a few disposals, but you know, key forwards we tend to uh, avoid in Fantasy Classic. Yeah, Dossie. I, I mean, I think it was about four or five years ago, we all started a Max King um, as a key forward, but that's because he was at basement price coming off that ACL. Uh, we typically like to stay away from these type of players just because it's far harder to come in and have an impact as a key forward at AFL level compared to what they were doing in the junior league. So he's not someone I'm looking to to start in my um, fantasy classic side, but from all reports, he's an absolute ripper and a gun. So I, I think he'll have an impact for them. I'm just not sure the scores will be there early. Yeah, he's a bit of a mobile forward though, isn't he? He's not going to be the number one key um, position player. He's like the third third um, tall uh, forward, so he might be able to work up the ground. So so was Aaron Cadman last year. <laughs> Looking forward to Harmy defending every single bomber on the pod as well as we continue on. Um, was but it, no, was it Kane Baldwin? Sorry, Doss, was it Kane Baldwin last year that um, – debuted and went at about 30 or I know I understand they're different players not as versatile but um Mm -hmm. we've got him in spades Harry Jones Harry Jones too he'll be killing it well there's plenty (laughs) of hype coming out for Nate Caddy which is the positive so if he does get a game maybe you can rely on a bit of consistency in terms of him uh, actually playing AFL footy yeah, I mean, if they have all their bigs up and up and about and he's that third tall, maybe there is some value there as well. But obviously, Bombers fans are keen and he's in Harmy's team locked and loaded at uh, F3. But um, we'll move on to Elijah Sartis, another player in Harmy's team, no doubt. Priced at 53, $476,000. But we haven't spoken to Lou yet. Let's get your thoughts on Elijah Sartis because I know he's in your keeper league, mate, and you're a big fan. Yeah, I was just going to throw to Stato for this one because I think he's got the numbers for what he was doing at junior level. And uh, do you have them on hand at the moment, Stato? I, I certainly do. Um, so in the coach league, he was 130 was his average, but then rolled into the national championship um, and the under-18s national championships and averaged 111 there. So... This is obviously going back a few years, got a bit of a taste at last year. Um, Yes, his inside game is absolutely fantastic, but his strengths are athleticism, composure, kicking, run and carry and speed. So you can play basically anywhere with that. And we actually saw a little bit of a a taste of that with his uh, six games last year. So he averaged 65 not probably getting the opportunities he deserved. But second year, if he's had a really clean pre-season, I think he's a real shot to uh, 
um, be up there early in the season for the forwards. Just going to say, the thing is, last year he got injured before the start of the season, so he actually missed a fair chunk of the start of the season. Then they gave him a little bit of time in the VFL to come um, to get up to speed. So, um, yeah, and he well he averaged sixty four. Is coming in this year priced at um, uh, what is he fifty three? So I think there's plenty of upside there if you want to take a stab at it. I know a lot of people are going to say, "How's he fit into such a quality team?" But I reckon they're going to give him a good run. Well, I was kind of going to make that point, uh, being an Essendon fan, mate. Uh, where do you see him in that mid-rotation amongst uh, Merritt, Parrish, Setterfield, Shiel and Hobbs? They're, they're certainly stacked and them being fourth in the league for clearances, Will, something Perkins. is working in there for them. Yeah, so they've got a lot of those types. He might be one that we need to sort of pop off of a half-forward flank, uh, but we're, we're relying on a lot to go right here. But in terms of his ability to score we've been able to see it at vfl we've been able to see it at junior level it just needs to translate to afl so he's definitely got the pedigree his second game which was uh round 22 he scored uh, 86 yeah average 92 in the vfl last year from seven games to harmy's point they certainly took their time bringing him back to afl level they really wanted him to adjust coming back after that um pre-season injury so it was Quite a late debut. I know a lot of fantasy coaches wanted him at basement price. They waited pretty late in the season. But, um, yeah, 92 average, 25 touches, four marks, four tackles, kind of hits all stat lines, can play inside out eventually. You think they do probably start him more as an outside player and then work his way in as he develops that body. But um, he's going to be an interesting one to watch, certainly one for your keeper leagues. And at his price... Wouldn't blame you if you start him. He's certainly on my watch list in the preseason games and in those trial matches to see roll. Uh, let's look at some of the top averaging players from last year and get your thoughts on a few of these players. So, number one, of course, fantasy stalwart Zach Merritt, priced at 113 over the million dollar value, 1.02 million, and only just missed out on the popular picks. Holmesy, he was at 9.52% ownership at uh, time of recording. But Zach Merritt, as Stato said, a nice buy, a guy that you can always rely on. Um, would you consider starting him given his you know, hefty price tag this year? Look, he, he's as, as a consistent top eight midfielder as you're going to get. I can't really see anything changing inside that in, uh, Essendon midfield. Um, he's got how many years over 110? He's had two years at 117. I don't think he's going to get back there, um, especially with you know Darcy Parrish being a pretty high scorer himself. But look, if you're just starting to, if you just want to lock in a, a safe top eight mid, then I can't see anything really wrong with that. He's not necessarily valuing. And what was interesting, we generally associate Zach Merritt with having a being prone to a tag and having those real stinkers. But if you have a look last year, he actually didn't have any of those games. He he seemed to work through the tag a lot better. So I think his floor's a lot higher. And, and for that, I, I don't think you have to worry too much, which means we might not even have an opportunity to get him too much cheaper. Uh, throughout the season anyway. So, yeah, if you want to pay up, I'm not going to talk you out of it. That being said, I know um, you just mentioned the tag. That Hawthorne round one matchup with Finn McGuinness potentially does scare me a little bit when you're starting him at this price tag. But uh, we did see that that went to Parish at times as well. So, in terms of consistency, Zach Merritt's up there for sure. And Louis, not listening to the podcast because Stato said the other week, mate, to not worry about the tag. 
You've been exposed as a non-listener of the pod pod, Lou, when you're not on. I, th- I think overall, yes, but um, Hawthorne might be a different kettle of fish, to be honest with you. No, nah, fair if enough, Finn, mate. If Finn McGuinness is playing, I think he's tagging. I don't think he's damaging enough as a footballer, but I'd still uh, nervous, there's every mate. chance he doesn't actually line up round one anyway. I don't listen to Stato anyway. It's all good, mate. Uh, number two on the top averaging players from last year, Darcy Parrish, the man you spoke of, $965,000, priced at $107,000, um, low ownership for him, Harmy. Where does Parrish fit in this system? Obviously, there's a lot of mouths to feed, but can he really start feeding the most again and, and get back to those uh, medal-winning days? Only a couple of years ago where he was going 120 to 140 pretty regularly. Yep, DP3, another excellent option, Dossie boy. Uh, look, uh, he's just a guy that relies on uh, possessions a lot and the modern game's not so much about racking up a heap of um, touches. So uh, I think that he's priced pretty fairly. I don't think he's going to have um, too much more than what he is. And you ask where he is, I think that he's our second midfielder behind Merritt because he's our best player. All right. Uh, number three on the list. Only played the 10 games. Stato, you were big on him last year. I think he's unfortunately just a draft player this year. But, you know, 92 average, $830,000 will set a field. And we mentioned at the top of the show they need some contested pill. They're really struggling in that department. Can his big body in there help out with that? Well, certainly the reason why they drafted him, and it started that way, 130 game one, but I think game four or five, he picked up an injury, played a couple of weeks with it, just really struggled. But um, I think in a way they might back in the two young blokes. So Sartis and Hobbs, they might look where the future is. So he might end up being depth. So if something happens to Parrish, then Setterfield comes in. So, um, look, I I just don't see the sort of clean run that he had last year. Um, And it probably reflects how the season went for him. Um, He was in their vision at the start, got injured. They seemed to sort of move past. When he come back, he just didn't get that inside minutes. And I reckon Setterfield's either an inside guy or he's inside VFL. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's get on to the pods for Essendon. And um, these guys are also all in Harmy's team, but let's go through them one by one here. Nick Martin to kick us off. And uh, one that I've got to say I'm a big fan of at the moment. Unfortunately, he's got the mid-only status. Holmesy, Nick Martin, 769000 which is priced at around that 85 mark. There's been word that he could potentially be moving into more of a halfback role to sort of use that distribution and maybe free up some of these midfielders we're talking about to take on a wing role this year. Well, I'll, I'll throw to Harmy just for that, Harmy. What do you what do you think? Is there is there any substance to Nick Martin being off the halfback? Well, that's what the training reports are saying. Um, oh, I haven't been able to look, but yeah, uh, I can see him playing it, right? I can see him because he's a great outside runner. He finds space well. He probably wouldn't be playing a very accountable role, would he, on the back flank? But it's sort of like, I don't know what that does with Heppel. Um, Andy McGrath was sort of, they were trying to be that guy last year, but it 
sort of worked at times but not consistently. So it just seems like a bit of a squeeze. And because he played so well on that wing last year, I'm a little bit torn as to whether I think it's a good um, move for them. I think he played really well offensively, but I remember seeing a stat uh, a couple of weeks ago where on the other end he was Essendon were really getting cut up with his defensive efforts on that wing. Uh, and if that is the case, then it's no surprise that he goes to a bit more of an unaccountable role off halfback. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys remember in the middle of the season last year, there was a five-game stretch. He went at 113 and he was a forward and there were people considering bringing him to his side. Um, in that time, he went at 9.2 marks a game, which is just unreal. So I thought to myself, I'll check how the defenders at Essendon went last year and they were the second most uh, highest for fantasy points. So if Nick Martin can get some of that, then potentially what's priced at about 86, uh, then I could see that going up by 10 points, in which case he would be uh, thereabouts a top six keeper in your defence. And Louis, I might have to throw in there that I have some breaking news for the pod. Breaking news... Nick Martin has entered my team today, so he's now in the squad. Listeners, that's uh, all you need to know. Cross yeah. off. Move on. I, I'm very excited about this year for Nick Martin, so he's in the squad, boys, and uh, very excited to have him at, I think he's around that M5, M6 for me at the moment. So we're the same times. price. Um, we have another midfield-only player who is actually- Carl Amon? Yeah. So yeah. they're around the same price. So who are you picking out of those two? Nick Martin. Nick Martin. Holmesy. I'd be going Carl Amon. Louis. Yeah, uh, I'm probably Amon by a whisker. Essendon. Amon. <laughs> oh wow. Come on, Harvey. That was your chance to back your boy Dossie. Nah, yeah, but no Amon's fun. done it in the role last year. So yeah, we've got the sometimes, evidence. We've got the data. Sometimes you've got to back the gut over the data, boys. But uh, we'll get on to the next player, another pod. Back the gut. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jordan Ridley priced at 81. I'll throw back to Stato quickly because he's been a big Ridley truther in the past. Uh, 729000 bucks in your defensive line. Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan. I just don't see the massive upside. We don't bring in another tall defender and all of a sudden he's free. Uh, that story's happened a few times before. So, um, look, he's uh, a good player, a good kick, um, but there's a couple of others that are the key ball users down there. So, uh, no, for me, he's just too expensive. A draft player, absolutely. Let's be I honest, though, being Stato. a super coach, you might be keener, mate. Yeah, I was going to say in your preferred format, he's probably a lock in super coach, Whoa. right? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Jade Gresham. Holmesy, we haven't heard much from you this show, mate. 664000 priced at seventy four. Jade Gresham, any upside in a forward line dire of options? Uh, well, yeah, that, there is upside on what he's done in the past. He's had a he's had a year at eighty six. He's had a couple of years in the eighties. So there there is, and I think I saw a stat from Papowski saying that he's actually someone that scores better in a forward role compared to when he actually goes into the midfield. Um, so yeah, he has to be an option with our lack of forwards this year. He's personally not someone I'm looking at at the moment, but every everything has to be considered with this forward line that we're facing at the moment and with these early buys. 
Next up, just a couple more players here for the Mighty Dons there, Harmy. Xavier Dersma. I'm going to throw to Lou because he's actually the port man on this podcast. So do you think Xavier Dersma coming across from the pair can have an impact at the Dons after a couple of lacklustre seasons after such a promising start in his early career? He's priced at that 66 mark, just under $600,000. No, he's way too awkward as a mid-only at that price. I think he will um, potentially get that role with if Nick Martin does go back to a halfback flank, but they've got a ton of players that can play that role too. So I think they'll all cut each other's lunch a little bit and, uh, Xavier Dersman will probably be about that 70 to 75 guy, I reckon. Harmy looked like he was disagreeing, but we can't go to him again. He's he's had too many disagreements already on this pod. I will give you the chance to spruik another young stud at the Dons, though. Nick Cox, $380,000. Given how much hype there was around that guy just only a couple of years ago, can he bounce back now that he's got defender mid-status as well? Like And where's his role in this team as well? Yeah, well, they're saying that he's training as a back as well, which will be interesting. I'm not sure. I mean, he's a top, top 10 pick. Like, he's a quality player, 200 centimetres, and he's fit. So, like, he can play uh, a range of roles. I'm starting to think at the moment it's possible that he's fringe. So, I wouldn't be going chasing after him uh, on that basis. But, I mean, you're still looking at Zach Reed potentially coming in. Where How do all these backs fit? So, Ben Mackay, Laverde, Ridley. It's it's pretty tall back line, isn't it? Well, we've yeah, yeah. Who's <laughs> who's put in here that Stato thinks Zach Reed as well? What's uh, this, that, uh, that was actually me, um, because you're talking okay. a two hundred and fifty k twenty two year old that's highly touted. Um, if he actually gets named, um, he's got a he showed a bit of a ceiling with a I think his high score is a seventy six. He could make a bit of coin for us on the bench. So um, we're not overrun by rookies. There's some high top-end rookies that we've got. We're still looking to fill our benches. So I, th- I think he's one we need to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think uh, if you look at the rookies too, uh, someone else that was was highly touted as a good player but has been sitting out because he did his ACL was Jaden Davey. And I reckon there's a point in time this year when he's going to come in as well. Um, for at two hundred thousand, he'd be a good um, rookie option at some point during the season. I think. So many options uh, for the Dons there, um, uh, we got? We'll Holmesy. Let's get your <laughs> let's get your thoughts, Holmesy. <laughs> I want your thoughts on probably one of the uh, one of my favourite players out there. He's shown some observable thirst, if you will, uh, <laughs> Benny Hobbs, priced at seventy seven six hundred ninety one thousand dollars. It's breakout time for Hobbsy. Yeah, look, he has a really good fantasy game. I was one that didn't get on him last year and and it, it hurt to watch him at times with coaches getting a, a pretty good price rise from him. He, he tackles and he gets a lot of ball on the outside. I just, yeah, as a mid-only, I don't think he can touch it. I think he will he'll continue to improve as as they do, but I'm not sure his ceiling's going to be high enough to get him, you know, up towards that 95, 100 mark, which you would need him to do as a, as a mid-only player, I think. He's still too far down the pecking order in that um, Essendon midfield. And and the interesting part of that midfield, I'd love to see what the mix is this year. So I'll remove the Ruckman who they basically had uh, three, no, four of them go through um, their midfield mix. So Parrish at 81, so I think we can say uh, fully fit. He 
continues that. Uh, Merritt had 74. I think he continues that. Maybe a little bit of a bump up. That was certainly the trend um, at the second half of the year. He seemed to lift it up. Uh, Setterfield had 62%, but he only got back in the midfield once after round nine. So um, I, I think... That's a question mark. Next is Dylan Shield. Um, only went in the midfield uh, a small amount of times in the the second half, battling injury, but come out of favour as well. So his last three was seventeen percent, twenty one percent, and fourteen percent. I don't think he's in there. Uh, Jake Stringer uh, at thirty seven percent, and then you've got Hobbs, Cordwell, and Sartis. So there's a likelihood that your your top four is Parrish, Merritt, Hobbs, Sartis. All right. Well, I'm still keen as a bean. I'm going to have to see that role in the preseason and see where he really sits. But um, look, he's just got a great fantasy game about him. As we said at the top of the show, um, there's plenty of pill to go around if they continue playing the same way. That's another question, if they do continue playing the same way or if they change it up. Um, in year two with Scott at the helm. Last couple of names, Harmy. Sorry to disappoint you, mate, but um, Archie Perkins or Sam Durham, either of these interest you? These were listener requests, by the way. Both. Maybe not so much from a fantasy <laughs> perspective, though. <laughs> I won't, I don't, I'd be amazed if I started with either of those two guys in my team. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up there. Remember to follow us at PodPodAFL on X, formerly Twitter, uh, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, Leave us a rating or a review. I mean, it's pretty easy to do the rating on Spotify these days. You just chuck the five star on there if you you so choose to do that. So um, pretty easy to do that. We do appreciate you. We know a lot of you are listening on Spotify these days. So appreciate those ratings. Um, And we'll see you for our next team preview pod. Hope you're enjoying these so far. We'll see you on the next one. Very welcome.